This is The Real Magic Podcast. Learn about great design and use it to get great results. Now your hosts, Greg Merrilies and Alan Nunez. Hello, listener, and thank you for joining Greg and I today for The Real Magic Design Podcast, where we unpack our experience to help designers and business owners understand how to create amazing designs and work together to make design that is profitable. I am Alan from Pixel Partners HQ, and here's my co-host, Greg from Studio One Design. How are you, mate? (laughs) Good, mate. I like how you said we cremate design. That's profitable. Oh, look, I'm a bit tongue-twisted today. <laughs> That's a good word to, to mess up. I like it. <laughs> what's happening yeah, we, in your we, word, we blow it up. We do. Uh, what's happening? Mate, oh, look, I'm, firstly, I'm super excited for this episode. This is uh, you know, part two of, of what you've been talking about in branding. But before we get into the details, man, I'm just going to have a whinge. You know, <laughs> for our Australian listeners, it is tax time here, and it's the least fun part of the year for me but you know the one thing I do really like is is just taking a moment to look over where we've been and where we're heading you know it's really nice to see growth in mm. the PL and and the numbers all coming together so as much as I hate being the one responsible for checking everything and taking it off to the accountant to do the the end of year and you know people said to me, I'll just leave it to your accountant but you know what ultimately I'm the one that's responsible if uh, if the tax department comes chasing so uh, you know I spent a little bit of time on it what about you mate what have you been up to fair enough well I've actually been uh, been ripped off again <laughs> oh you're kidding aren't you no I'm serious like yeah somebody and I'm not going to name names and it's all cool now the outcome is fine totally fine because they ripped it down but yeah, somebody like completely ripped off the script of my sales page video for website design. Oh my goodness. You know, it's just crazy, isn't it? Yeah, word for word. Like a few word changes, but oh man. But yeah, this person wasn't actually their fault. They were given the script through a, a mentor business that they were part of and he was so apologetic and, and embarrassed and all that, you know, and, you know, we're going to catch up and sort of you know, not worry about, put it behind us. But the point is, yeah, there's just so much plagiarism going on and I just find it appalling in this day and age. You, you want to be original, you know? I think, you know, this is. I'm just going to put this out there for business owners and this has to do with photography, it has to do with design, anything creative. You know, just because you're handed it by somebody else doesn't negate your responsibility to make sure that it's original. I mean, you know, I've just had an issue with somebody who ripped off a whole bunch of one of my clients' photos that, that we had taken for them, you know, yeah, and, yeah. you know, they pleaded ignorance. Oh, we were given it by somebody else. Well, that doesn't, that just doesn't cut it. It's still a copyright infringement, you know. It, that's the, they still, there's still IP behind it. And, you know, obviously somebody's seen your sales video, transcribed it and gone, right, you know, fill in the blanks. Here's a, here's a great example of a sales video yeah but then on the flip side like my business coach said to me he said this is what happens when you're starting to be the leader in your space you know you're going to get that and if you think about you know brands that are leaders they don't rip things off they're the leaders and people copy them but the people that copy will never be the leaders look absolutely and it's the, you know in the design industry it's the whole oh we want it to look like apple they were the innovators they were the ones that that created that look and feel and yeah now on one hand i look at it and go well if people are emulating what we're doing 
you know, that's something that you can take pride in. You know, the, the work's good enough that people want to follow your lead, but just a blatant word-for-word ripoff is is a bit harsh. Yeah, but it's a nice segue into what we're talking about today, really, because we're going to show you, the listener, how to create a powerful brand identity that's unique. <laughs> yeah, not that is yours and unique not ripped off from somebody else's well mate let's get into it do you want to quickly recap what we talked about on the last episode yeah well last week we were just sort of talking about why you know entrepreneurs need to sort of have a unique brand and and in you know why branding matters essentially and then on this episode we're going to sort of dive deep into the how to create a powerful brand and we'll go through the steps that we use in our business and yeah you know basically the reason we're doing this is to you know show business owners that um you know, you want to be congruent across all of the touch points in your brand so that it essentially creates more trust. That's the whole purpose here to get people to, you know, to buy or to know, like, and, and trust your brand and buy once and buy repetitively. And you're going to do that if you've got a consistent way of delivering the visuals of your brand and even the products or services that you deliver on an ongoing basis. I mean, you're you're sort of starting with the visuals, right? This is yeah. what you're talking about. But, We're talking about you know, the visuals, brand, yeah. Yeah, brand identity. Uh, we talked about uh, Taki Moore talking about the, the his brand vibe rather than his brand identity, and I think your visual side of your brand can be that starting point, and then you can grow everything else from there potentially because your visual brand, if done well, will tell that story. That's right. Yeah, and next week's episode we're going to you know talk about how to create an actual brand style guide so we'll leave you know those type of things for next week's conversation but yeah this is based on the three-part blog series over at studioondesign.com forward slash blog and you'll see it's all on brand in part one part two part three and yeah but we've you know like i said we've got really good feedback so that's why we're doing this podcast to reach a a larger audience to get the message out there but yeah so we we basically have a a five-step process and that's what we're going to go through now so step one is the discovery phase and then we have step two the research phase step three is the design phase step four is the style guide phase and step um, five is the implementation phase and a lot of designers that don't do the discovery phase and research phase they go straight to step three the design phase usually don't get as good a result as you'll get if the designers do the discovery and research phase oh look i have to absolutely agree with you and 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 i'm going to add to that too it's it's not just about doing the discovery and research phase but it's about having a process for it right which is what you're about to talk about the actual steps that you that you take you know because I do know that some designers do do a bit of research, right? And they do try and get some information in the discovery phase, but it's not very formal. It's maybe not as structured as, as, as you might do. And if you've got a structure, then you shouldn't, miss anything important you should come out with a really great outcome so where yeah. so where do they where, where do you start yeah and that's it that's very important that you know if you have this this structured approach then you are definitely going to get a, a better a better outcome so yeah step one is the brand discovery phase and this is literally just a design questionnaire so what we do is we'll send this questionnaire to the client and they'll be overwhelmed and they'll go oh that's too much work and then they'll go somewhere else which is totally fine if we're not a good fit right but the ones that 
fill it out, they're invested in their brand because it can take a while to fill out and get the right, you know, the right answers to it because we really want them to, to go deep wherever possible. And they're the ones that will end up being a good fit because they've taken the time to do that. And when they do that, they're going to get a better result rather than just, you know, saying to a designer, hey, design me a logo, for instance. And look, I've got to say, I've experienced that. I've had people come and want a design done and I've said, here, fill this in and they struggle with it or they don't fill it in and and you know in the past i'd say it's all right we'll just work it out and it's <laughs> yeah. always been a disaster exactly whereas those who truly are invested in in the design work and in particular their brand will take the time to fill it out because they know the importance of what the outcome is going to be yeah most definitely and so some of the things that we want to know is you know we want to we want them to describe the feeling that they want to evoke from their target market not so much from them but from their target market of the brand that you know we're going to design for them and you know realistically you want to remember that people buy with emotions and then justify it later with logic right so visuals are a key part of hooking them emotionally so everything from colors to the images that we use etc need to evoke that feeling that we're trying to create here so yeah we definitely want them to sort of explain how they want their brand to feel from their customer's point of view we also want them to remember that it's it's really a long-term investment like you might think about rebranding you go oh it's expensive but it's not just for one year if you do this research phase and get everything right and design it for your target market you could get five years out of this brand if not longer if it's done correctly and if your, your business or brand doesn't pivot or even longer i love that first bit that you just talked about and i really want to drill that home right you know pre the digital age when we as design teams used to sit in front of customers and, and have a workshop to work out where we were going with the branding yeah i remember sitting there very patiently listening to customers rattle on for like 15 minutes about how they wanted the brand to be oh, yeah and then I'd get to the end and said, so how do you want your customer to feel when they see the brand? And they were just <laughs> stumped. You know, some of them said, well, I, I don't know. You know, we've spent all this time working on what we think it's got to be, yep. but they haven't taken the time to think through the mind of the of the consumer that they're selling to. Yeah. And look, we do want to know what the business owner wants and obviously we need to know what the purpose of their brand is and the objectives and the outcomes that they want and we want to know about the history of the brand or the business but yeah ultimately you know if they want to get a good result it needs to resonate with their target market oh here here i agree so yeah and just some other things in the discovery phase i went yeah like we've got quite a few questions and we've got a design questionnaire for pretty much every design that you know, that we create for a client. So there's variations in there, but some of the overarching questions, you know, are really to do with the target market and who are your competitors, but more importantly, how are you different to your competitors? Because that's what we need to get across in the design as well, right? Because we need to, we need to see the competitors so we can see what they're doing, but really our goal is to be different to them. And yeah, a lot of clients really struggle to um, define how they're different to their competitors. And, and look, sometimes you know, they are very similar to their competitors. You know, some industries, it, you take accounting, for example, it's it's difficult to differentiate. But what you've got to do is you've got to find that one critical thing. And, you know, the one critical thing could be the visual aspect of your business and your brand. You know, you're yeah. not the boring accountant. You're the exciting accountant. 
That's a good point, yeah. Yeah, taking the time to understand where you fit in the market, I think, is really important. Yeah, well, we have a client who's a, an accountant, and, yeah, they they actually set up their business um, with a bar downstairs. They own the, the bar, you know, <laughs> like, and that's where they meet their clients, and it's really, really cool and funky and all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, to me, we need to find that point of difference. And, look, it's, it can also be expressed in the copy as well like if you get the point of difference correct in the copy which is not our role but if that's expressed in the copy that's really going to help people especially when they come to your website and they they read the copy and realize what's in it for them and how your business is unique at delivering that result but yeah you, you you're spot on like our designs would reflect that copy but if we can if they don't have a unique point of difference then we can create a unique look that's going to give them that point of difference and it could be you know it could be a set of colors that you know because obviously colors create different emotions and we might just run through that really briefly if that's cool because you know colors are important and if you talk about let's say reds you know we're talking they they kind of form a, a passionate sort of strong intense kind of emotion and then yellows are sort of more energetic and fun and optimistic and youthful and fresh you know and then blues are colors of comfort and and trust and and calm and you know loyalty and reliability etc and you know you can you can google this thing in fact there's a blog post on our website that goes through all the colors but yeah colors really do mean different things and so depending on your business you might have a color palette that where the meaning of the color resonates with the outcome that you want what does orange stand for <laughs> so that's more sort of enthusiastic and friendly and warm and if you think like Fanta or nickelodeon it kind of represents those 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 words as well it's, it's it, uh, sorry i'm shooting off on a on a tangent here but this is related to branding yeah. you know like i had a, a brand for our trading cards business and we've just rebranded it into oranges because we want it to be more fun and enthusiastic right we'd started with a very clean modern feel because we wanted to be set different and it was a great minimum viable product as, yep. as far as a brand but you know we we understand our brand better today so we're, we're rejuvenating and we specifically picked orange so colors make a big difference they do indeed man yeah that's that's cool but yeah so really you know that's that's the discovery phase we really want to tap into your audience and and you know we want to we want to know a lot about them as well so that we can you know find out where they hang out and and try and hang out with them as well you know and see what they're into so yeah that that's a big one from my point of view um so yeah any questions on that discovery phase or do you want to just move to brand no, research that, uh, look that's fantastic yeah no let, let's hit the research because i think that's a really interesting one yeah sure so yeah the research phase is where we'll get our brand um you know director to take the answers from the design questionnaire and sometimes we'll also have a, a call with the client to dive deeper into their answers to the questionnaire because you know some clients are better off you know when when they talk as opposed to just writing so if they haven't given us enough information we'll jump on a call but all this information would then be fed into the brand director and then they would do the research so they're going to i mean you know we've got many resources but pinterest is actually a really really good resource right and our brand director 
uh, well, our main one is my wife, and she used to be a fashion designer, so she would travel the world four times a year in and go to like 10 countries in 12 days, and she'd be on catwalks and in shopping centers and buying samples and all this sort of stuff, and then she'd have to come back and produce a commercial range, you know, with a new brand. And so that was just for fashion, but from doing that for so many years, it's meant that she has got an amazing way of approaching a commercial brand when she's putting a brand mood board together so yeah it's that experience plus you know she'll use pinterest these days to to research and she put all these things together to come up with a, a sort of a, a mood board direction and that'll be from the images the colors the fonts you know logo direction look and feel composition layouts that sort of thing and then she'll put a multiple page document together that we would then present to the the client to get their feedback it's a bit of the old school mood board where you'd have a yeah pin board and you start cutting out images and picking color swatches and bringing it all together right but these days we can do it digitally and we've got resources like pinterest which is just i mean it is a, a a visual playground i love it as a resource for bringing ideas together yeah, most definitely. And, you, and you're right, it's kind of like the old school, you know, get a heap of um, images and make a big scrapbook out of it. But yeah, I think the most important or the hardest thing to do is to know what to take away, you know, because you might have literally hundreds of images, but there might not be any congruency amongst them. And so therefore, it's working out, okay, we're going to you know, have a range of, you know, fonts that, that are going to tie in with each other, a range of colours, a range of elements and, you know, um, background styles or whatever the case is, but they all need to work together in harmony with each other and that's where a good brand director will be able to work out what works together As a, and it's like fashion, you know, you, you have to really work out what works well together, especially if you're designing a range. So I guess that's where, you know, my wife's experience comes into putting these mood boards together so well and yeah we get just amazing feedback from our clients when they see them and you know it's an opportunity for the client to, to really point out things that they like but also things that they don't like do, do you get that much or do you have to sort of yeah, probe oh, yeah a little yeah. deep because getting rid of the stuff that's uh, especially when you put a mood board type thing together it can the things they don't like can kind of get lost in amongst all the wonderful stuff. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that's part of our questionnaire as well. We'll try and iron that out from the start to find out what they don't like. But yeah, but we won't present everything that we find. We'll just present what, what we do like. And maybe there'll be a few different uh, range options of, you know, the collections of things that we like. And, and then, yeah, we'll kind of help... Uh, we'll get their feedback we'll help guide them to as to and we do this as well we do a video after we've created the mood board and we'll explain why we've done what we've done and they really appreciate that as well yeah nice nice yeah cool so that's really there the research phase and then step three the brand design phase this is where you know when the client gives us the approval on the, the look and feel of all the elements etc that's when we can give it to our design team to have them create the relevant you know brand assets and that could be a logo or could be a website or it could be social media or you know advertising banners or whatever it is but at least at this point it makes the designers role a lot easier plus the client understands what the end result is more likely to look like because we've done that research phase beforehand and they're more confident to move forward to the brand you know design phase 
you know, the more you can give the designer who's going to be actually doing the work, it just makes a huge difference, absolutely massive difference. Yeah, but it's not like a brand-style guide at this point. Like, it's really it's really just creating the elements and we're just giving them the direction and not a, a you know, strict set of rules. So they still have a lot of creativity, but they're guided. But it's inspiration. Yes, 100%. You know, yeah. it, it's... Knowing the feel, you know, potential color palette, the character before you start designing a brand is critical, you know. I mean, I've seen over the years brand developments go really, really, really in the wrong direction because the time wasn't spent on the front end getting all this stuff that you guys do together. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, a brand, I mean, a designer will waste a lot of time if they don't have this direction first and they'll go off on a tangent, but the client might might not like it. So, you know, we're saving the designer a lot of time by providing this information up front. I think you're saving the designer a lot of time and you're getting much, much closer to delivering something that is going to absolutely blow the customer away yep. when they receive the first proof. Yeah, you yeah, know. exactly. You, 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 you're you closing the gap between the creative and the final output. That's right, yeah. And then what we do, so we might have the designers, you know, like create all these brand elements from, you know, logos to, you know, the the sort of font work and the, the patterns and textures and imagery and photography and, you know, illustrations, iconography and, you know, layout and, and composition, etc. They might not actually be designing a, a full website or anything like that at this point, but they'll be working on the brand elements. Now, they can go straight to the final website as well but you know it just depends on on what the client needs but for instance the client might just need a a brand style guide but I'd still recommend at this point having the designer create all of those elements first and then send them to the client get the feedback before it actually goes into the the actual style guide or or towards a website or whatever awesome so so what comes so have we now bridged from the discovery phase into uh, sorry the the research phase into the actual design phase yeah so we've been talking about the design phase but yeah and really within this design phase you know we're talking about creating all these different elements you you also also have to consider if it's like a a rebranding or if it's for a brand new brand right so for instance if it's brand new you want to obviously be unique and and be completely different to your competitors and you know obviously so you're more memorable over time to have a consistent look throughout everything. But if you're rebranding, and it depends on the size of the business and your target market and what you offer, et cetera. But, you know, you really, like we did a whole episode on this, all about when's a good time to rebrand. And, yeah, you just want to be clear about where the brand has been and where it's going because sometimes you might need to keep a little bit of that brand ethos if you like in the new visuals you don't want them to be completely removed from the old visuals i did a rebrand with a client and after we went through the entire process all we did was change the color one <laughs> yeah, color. saying that yeah yeah <laughs> you know and it was critical because in the research phase we discovered that the the way the logo was set up was a critical and unique part of their brand that if we changed we believed could do irreparable damage you know so yeah, yeah look this this is why it's important doing the work on the front end 
Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, and so then once we've got all those brand elements and, you know, the client's happy with them, then we'll put them into the actual brand style guide, which is phase four, really. And uh, yeah, the purpose of having a style guide is so that all of your design collateral and marketing materials, etc., have a cohesive look from that point forward. And then, yeah, you know, you can give it to whoever you need that's in on your marketing or, or creative team to create a consistent look from that point forward. So it could be, you know, your videographers or your signage designers or, you know, stationary designers, if they've got a style guide, you're going to get a, a much more professional, you know, con- consistent look across everything. Well, then they're not guessing. They, they have a better understanding of what your, your brand means, you know. And we're going to go a lot deeper into this on the next episode, aren't we, Greg? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So we'll save it for that. But, yeah, and then really step five, the last phase is the brand implementation phase. And, yeah, this is where you would take the brand guide and all the elements and you implement it across whatever you need to from your websites and landing pages to, you know, anything to do with your digital marketing from ebooks to webinars podcasts email etc you know display ads and even for your your affiliates as well it can be quite good if you if you offer an affiliate program to give them because this is really important some affiliates butcher businesses that they're they're promoting and they warp images they skew things and they just don't look like they should so having a brand guy can really help affiliates get the right look that you want to push out to the world yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, it, it's not just about creating it, but it's monitoring it and maintaining it. Because brands, are, you, you said this earlier, you know, brands are not necessarily completely static. This is, this is an investment over a long period of time. So if you take, I mean, I, I did a lot of work with Samsung many years ago. And if, mm-hmm. if you look at their brand, every sort of, it was about every year to two years, they would release a new brand guideline and the logo stayed the same. Yeah. The, a lot of the element states stayed the same but they had a style that they were running for a couple of years that focused on whatever their business priorities were at the time and you need to be able to feed this out to all the people that are using your brand so you're talking about affiliates you know and and i'm seeing this at the moment with one of our clients they've asked us to to have a look at where they stand and and their resellers have got branding that is 10 years old you know that they, they wow. haven't used that particular style logo in five years so you're know, finding a way to manage that i think is critical and and you the, the previous step the brand guideline is is a great way to do that yeah nice and obviously al you're you know a photographer by trade and that's you know one of your strengths so how does a brand style guide help a photographer do you, do you think it does or does it kind of get in the way look i, I have the advantage of of you know, being a photographer, so spending a lot of time in the studio and with creative direction for photography, but also working in the design industry for packaging and, you know, to a certain extent in the early days, websites mm-hmm. and a huge breadth. I mean, I worked in the print industry for a long time. So a lot of point of sale and, and retail and promotional products and everything from billboards to uh, pricing tickets. Nice. Right? Yeah. And I can tell you that a great brand guideline gives you better results every single time, right? (laughs) As a photographer, being able to see uh, how to shoot whatever it is, whether it's lifestyle shots, whether it's product photography, even photography for an annual report, right? If you know the character of the business, and generally in most style guides, they will have example photos. They'll say, this is 
how we want to be seen, then you can emulate that style. And again, you shorten the gap between the creative brief and the final result. And, and I just want to iterate this to the listeners, right? When I say shorten the gap, I'm not talking about the number of hours spent by that creative person because I've seen situations where, you know, extraordinary amounts of hours have been put into a project when there was a great brand guideline, but it still took a lot of work to get the perfect result, right? When I say shortening the gap, there's less assumptions made. There's less chances of us delivering something that is not on brand. You know, and the other thing that it it's always enabled me to do is question my customer. You know, they've asked for things that are way out of the brand guidelines. Now, I do believe that brand guides have got to be a bit flexible, but as a photographer, I know that if I go into the studio and I deliver something that is miles away from the brand guideline, when they actually see the finished product, they're likely to reject it. They're likely to make me go back into the studio and do it again because yep. their vision and how it actually works with their brand can be misaligned. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And, yeah, that's one thing that we're injecting into our brand guides is the the direction of the photo. And, yeah, I was just interested to see what it's like from a photographer's point of view receiving that direction if it makes it easier or gets in the way sometimes. Yeah, and look, I'm happy to have a look at a couple of these for you, uh, yeah, Greg, cool. and, and just tell you from a photographer's point of view if – you're helping or hindering. And, and nice, that's no offense yeah. to you or your yeah, team, yeah. but no, I've seen this a lot where designers put together brand guidelines and there's a disconnect. And often it's because they're using stock photography as the samples, which right. can be a little bit limiting. Yeah. And, I, and I've worked on branding exercises where part of the branding exercise was actually to commission a photographer to shoot a series of photos that would be the basis of the look and feel moving forwards. But those photos are unique to the brand. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, yeah, I'm, I might show you some. <laughs> Sweet. I find it's easier for our client to, to give something to their photographers because they all ask for it. It's like, what do I tell my photographer? Yeah, yeah. 100%, cool. 100%. But um, yeah, and that's the purpose of, you know, having a brand guide to make it easier for all of the creatives and it makes it easier for the business owner as well. So you don't have to brief everybody. You can just give them this and say, this is what we're after. And listen, jump onto the next episode as soon as it's released because you know, there's one thing that we haven't talked about in depth. We sort of just touched on there is, is the brand guideline. But knowing what a brand guideline needs to be, understanding it, and 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 actually using it properly is a, a critical piece of, of knowledge that a, a business owner and their teams need to understand. So, yeah, yeah the next episode is going to be awesome. I, I can't wait. I mean, there's been some great meaty stuff in the first couple, but, you know, tune in. Um, for that because I think that's going to sort of bring all of this together wouldn't you agree Greg yeah absolutely yeah so thanks for listening and yeah if you want to you know continue the conversation go to therealmagic.com and leave a comment underneath this podcast episode if you want to read the blog posts that these episodes are based on head over to studio1design.com forward slash blog or just hit the blog button in the top menu and yep. check it out. They're, they're really nicely designed blog posts. Funny <laughs> that, Greg. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> Thanks, listener. Catch you on the next episode. Cheers. Thanks for listening to The Real Magic Podcast. Hear more at therealmagic.com.